Good evening and welcome to the Richie Allen Show, Monday the 2nd of October 2023. I'm Richie Allen, broadcasting live from BBG Towers in the heart of Salford. Where else would I be? Good to be with you, by the way. Looking forward to your um, comments. I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Share them with me via the website richieallen.co.uk or via the new, well, the relatively new app for the programme. That is the Richie Allen Show app via your app store. That's the one. Uncensored. Unfiltered. You're listening to Richie Allen on the world's most popular independent news radio show. It's the Richie Allen Show, broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen. Yeah, look, I'm delighted to welcome back Dr. Jerry Waters to the program. He's a top, top bloke. He really is very funny, very knowledgeable. He was a GP for 40 years. He wouldn't enforce mask wearing at his surgery back home in Ireland. He was suspended by the medical authorities there. That's ongoing, by the way, but we won't um, we won't get into that so much today. We're going to talk excess death numbers, and also they've begun rolling out a COVID shot and the flu shot in Ireland today. We'll talk to Dr. Jerry Waters about that and more a bit later on. Before that, Tony Gosling, a former BBC journalist. Uh, Tony presents the Not the BCFM Politics Show out of Bristol every Friday. Top man, known him for years. We're going to talk EU foreign ministers meeting in Kiev. We'll talk Tories in Manchester. We'll talk Grant Shapps, the current Defence Secretary. Well, he's um, recommending that more UK troops are sent to Ukraine to train soldiers there. Funnily enough, the former Defence Secretary, Ben Wallace, he's been asking Rishi Sunak, would he commit two, maybe even three billion pounds to Ukraine for its effort in the conflict with Russia? We'll get into all of that with Tony Gosling this hour. So it's a busy old show and I've already given you the contact details. Reach out to me and let me know what you think is right, what you think is wrong. I can't wait to hear from you. A few things to talk about. Yeah, what to do about Russia. They're in Kiev, the European Union foreign ministers, the foreign ministers of each member state, right? Um, That's happening. The Tories are in Manchester. That's happening. The former US President Donald Trump has arrived at court in New York. This is his civil trial. It is uh, alleged that he committed fraud by repeatedly misrepresenting his wealth by hundreds of millions of dollars. That's happening. He's called it a sham and a politically motivated witch hunt. These are headlines. At the Tory conference, Gillian Keegan, the Education Secretary, said that mobile phones should be banned in schools. We might get into that a bit later on. Sam's Valley Police says it's the second police force in the UK to be investigating allegations against Russell Brand. His supporters say it's a frame-up. Sure it is. What else? I'm not saying that because I mean it. I'm being sarcastic. Europe regained the Ryder Cup yesterday with a 16.5 point to 11.5 point victory over the United States of America. Those are your headlines. Yeah, you didn't need to know all of that, did you? Right, two vaccine stories. Very important, I believe. One in the Republic of Ireland, I just mentioned, and another one is to do with malaria jabs. Let's hear from Morning Ireland, flagship programme for RTE Radio 1 out of Dublin. This is very important and very serious. The HSE's autumn winter vaccination programme begins today. The free flu and COVID-19 vaccines are available to protect... They're free. They're free. 
it's good. particular groups of people. We're joined now by Dr Lucy Jessup, who is the HSE's National Immunisation Lead. Dr Jessup, you're very welcome. Good morning. Are these two separate vaccines or a combined dose? Two separate or a combined, Lucy? So yes, they are two separate vaccines. So there's one vaccine against uh, a more updated vaccine against uh, COVID-19. A more updated vaccine against COVID-19, she said. I want you to keep that in mind. A more updated one, she said. And then there's a separate vaccine against the influenza, which is always updated, as people uh, remember, uh, every year to uh, make sure it's it's matched to the strains that we're likely to have circulating. But the strains we're likely to have circulating, she says, the flu jab, right? So the COVID jab is uh, a jab that's um, updated with the latest strains of COVID-19. And the flu jab is the flu jab. We give you one every year for the strains likely to be circulating. Question is, can you have both of them at the same time, Lou? You are able to have both those vaccines at the same time. So you only need to make one appointment and you can have one in one arm and then one in the other arm. So Fantastic. One in each arm at the same time. Two doctors on either side on my count. Three, two, one. You're jabbed and off you go, right? That it's very convenient to people and it's safe and effective to have both those vaccines at the same time. And they're free. And they're free as well. They're free. There's a question from the presenter. So the updated COVID vaccine, does that protect against the current variant? Now, good question, right? Because they've been scaring the living bejesus out of people. Well, they haven't, but they've been trying to in the last couple of weeks with some new B something or other variants. That's, they're really worried about it because it's very transmissible. Will the COVID jab being offered to Irish people, will it cover you against that particular variant? Lucy? Uh, so it's uh, called an, mm-hmm. an XBB 1.5 vaccine. So that's been updated to protect against several of the variants that were uh, circulating more recently. Yeah, but the current one. Uh, and so it would protect against the XBB variant. And, but the current one. And also the EG variant people will have heard of. Uh, it's too early yet to know uh, if it is going to give good protection against BA 2.86, which is... BA 2.86. It's too early to know whether you'll have protection against that one. Is the variant people have been talking about much more recently, but we haven't actually seen any of those variants in Ireland uh, yet. So I think it's, it's important that people uh, are aware that this is a new and updated vaccine uh, compared to the one that they would have had before. And it is uh, going to give good protection against the, the variants that we have in Ireland. OK. Does the presenter say, wait for it, does she say, hang on, so it doesn't protect against the strains they're scaring with us, the most recent strain? Or you don't know. Does that mean you'll have a brand new shot for the variant of concern that you're not sure the current jab will protect against? Does the presenter get into that? Like fuck she does. Okay, so you're prioritising particular groups of people. Will you tell us who, first of all, can get the COVID-19 vaccine? Asha, will will you tell us who can get the vaccine now? Yep. So the COVID-19 vaccine is available to those who are 50 years and over uh, and anyone who's five years and over who has a weak immune system or has any other uh, condition that can put themselves at risk uh, against serious infection from COVID-19. So, for example, uh, people who have uh, heart conditions, lung conditions, uh, neurological conditions, it's very important that they come forward and get their vaccines as well. Uh, And also health and care workers and pregnant women, it's, it's also recommended for them to get the vaccine. Wow, pregnant women. Pregnant women, of course we know different, don't we? We know that evidence exists that babies who are breastfeeding from mums who have been jabbed with COVID jabs, well, they can get very ill, become very ill as a result of that. We know this because we've been speaking to very, very clever and very diligent reporters about this on this programme only very recently, haven't we? Yeah, pregnant women, come forward. Anybody over five who might have some sort of a condition that might weaken your immune system, come forward, even though it doesn't protect, or we don't know that it protects against the latest strain that everybody is scaring you with. Wow.
that's happening in Ireland right now. We'll talk with Dr. Jerry Waters about this a little bit later on. Sticking with dangerous and unnecessary vaccine rollouts, the World Health Organization has been on the telly today. Well, Tedros Gebra Befeckin' Jesus has been on the telly. Tedros Gebra Befeckin' Jesus, he's been on. Massive breakthrough, he said. Malaria. African children. We have a second jab, he said. Let me read you from Yahoo News. It's been a while since I read anything from Yahoo News. It's exciting. It's a Monday. Here we go. The World Health Organization authorised a second malaria vaccine on Monday, a decision that could offer countries a cheaper and a more readily available option than the world's first shot against the parasitic disease. WHO Director General Tedros Gebra Befeckin' Jesus said the UN Health Agency was approving the new malaria vaccine based on the advice of two expert groups recommending its use in children at risk of the disease. Expert groups, eh? It goes on, as a malaria researcher, I used to dream of the day we would have a safe and effective vaccine against malaria. Now we have two, says Tedros. Safe and effective? I'll come back to that, dear listener. Here's the killer line in the next paragraph. You ready? You ready? Hold on to your hats. Oxford University, yes, developed the new three-dose vaccine with help from the Serum Institute of India. Now, well, blow me down, olive oil. I was thinking, the Oxford-AstraZeneca jab that had to be pulled because of all the myocarditis, was that developed with help from the Serum Institute of India too? It feckin' was, you know. We'll come back to that in a minute. The article reads, Research suggests it is more than 75% effective and that protection is maintained for at least another year with a booster. So that's four jabs. They'll be given the wee bairns, the little ones, the little feckers of the third world of Africa and of India and Pakistan and Sri Lanka and Kuala Lumpur. They'll be getting four jabs made by Oxford University in association with the Serum Institute of India. Couldn't make it up. Why not spend more money manufacturing hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin? Well, we might come back to that. And John Johnson works with Doctors Without Borders. Now, you might think that John Johnson, Doctors Without Borders, would be completely supportive of this because Doctors Without Borders takes a lot of money for the from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, doesn't it? But John Johnson is not happy at all. He says, it's one more tool we will have, but it's not going to replace bed nets and spraying insecticides, he said. This is not the vaccine that's going to stop malaria. However, uh, it goes on to say, th this article, that he was not part of the World Health Organization expert group that gave the Oxford vaccine the green light. Not everybody's happy about this, possibly because it's Oxford. Oxford, who's killed God knows how many people with their AstraZeneca joint venture made by the Serum Institute in India. You know, the one, the one with all of those, yeah, we'll come back to that in a minute. In 2021, the World Health Organization endorsed the first malaria vaccine in what it described as a historic effort to end the devastating toll the mosquito-transmitted disease has on Africa, home to most of the world's estimated 200 million cases and 400,000 deaths. But however, the first vaccine, known as Moscurix and made by GlaxoSmithKline, whatever, GSK, is only about 30% effective requires four doses and protection fades within months. These people are insane. These people are lunatics. Let's give four doses of a vaccine to children that's only 30% effective. And uh, even if it does work for them, protection will fade within a number of months. They're mad. Listen to Fergus Walsh, the BBC Health Editor. There's some nuggets in here. You can't miss this. But what's significant here is, as he said, we now have two malaria vaccines. 
both of which have taken around 30 years to develop. Um, the one we have now, R21, was developed by the Jenner Institute in Oxford, the same institute that gave us the Oxford AstraZeneca COVID vaccine. They did all that in the space of uh, 10 months, but this one has taken decades yeah, they to did, come to fruition. Yeah, they did all that in 10 months, and now nobody will give it to anybody. The World Health, the, the MHRA here in the UK is basically not recommending it anymore because of all the problems with it. We'll come back to that. More from Fergus. It's been based now on a major trial in four African countries involving nearly 5,000 children. And the key figure is that it's around 75% effective at preventing malaria. Now, the scale of malaria, it's been killing people, mostly children, um, for millennia. 95% um, of cases and deaths are in Africa and most of those in children under five. So this is a vaccine for young children who will be given four doses. So it's quite labour intensive to give those. Yeah, what could possibly go wrong, right? Take us through the cost of this and when it will be out there and ready to use. Well, the really exciting thing about, or one of the exciting things about the Oxford vaccine is just as they did with the COVID jab, They've signed up with the Serum Institute in India, which is the world's biggest manufacturer of vaccines. Bill Gates has got his arm up um, the inside of Fergus Walsh, BBC's health editor. He's got his arm, he's inserted it up his anus, all the way through his body, and he's working Fergus Walsh's mouth. Walsh must know that there are lawsuits currently making their way through the British courts against Oxford and AstraZeneca because of vaccine-induced immune thrombotic thrombocytopenia, strokes, heart attacks, amputations and other major life-changing injuries. We have no idea at the scale of damage that has been done by Oxford and AstraZeneca and their poisonous shitty jab. He must know this. And here he's saying it's an exciting thing. It's exciting that Oxford is making it in conjunction with that crazy serum institute in India. Sure, what could possibly go wrong? Four jabs like. To produce 100 million doses oh dear God. of this jab per year. That's many more than are produced of the first vaccine. And they believe that that can be rolled out from next year. Yeah, I bet you they can't wait in Africa. I would expect ultimately, and certainly the Oxford team, will hope that they can get this jab in arms very quickly of course. and very dramatically have an impact on cases and deaths. Yeah, because obviously the deaths hugely significant um, on the healthcare systems uh, very often that don't have the support. I'm going to tell you, and you can look this up for yourself, I'm sure there are people listening to this programme, they don't like it, they don't like me, that, 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 that happens, you know. Look it up for yourself, malaria deaths, particularly amongst children, have been declining in Africa for years. Declining in Africa for years because of good antiparasitic drugs like the ones I mentioned earlier on. Netting. You don't need to take vaccine or vaccines, certainly not four vaccines, including a booster for malaria. This is sick, this. This is nonsense. And the editor, the health editor will know this, as will the presenter who's interviewing him. But they're playing their part. This is absolutely sick. Beyond the imagination, beyond my imagination. Never thought I'd be listening to stuff like this on, on national television. Listen. Support necessary for those people who have it. How easily will they be able to get, as you said, four jabs needed of this one? How easily will they be able to administer these? Well, this is one of the problems globally with healthcare, that we don't have enough um, healthcare staff um, in pretty much every country, but in 
develop. We don't have enough healthcare staff in pretty much every country. Therefore, you know what the wisest thing to do would be, would be for nations to hand over planning for vaccine rollouts, health planning in general, to the World Health Organization. Developing countries especially. Um, so it needs to come with support. It needs to come with global support. Global. Um, and although glo globally deaths from malaria fell back a lot since 2000. They fell back a lot since 2000. Malaria. He's just confirming what I told you a minute ago in case you thought I was a liar, right? There was a, a blip um, during COVID and it will take international cooperation and support. A good journalist would say, hang on, Fergus, what do you mean there was a blip during COVID? Tell us a little bit more about that. From different partners to ensure that both of these jabs get uh, fully utilised. We need a global response and support from different partners. You mean Gavi and Seti and Billy and, and Tony and all the usual suspects. You know, he said there that we should be cock-a-hoop, we should be dancing and turning cartwheels because Oxford, yeah, yeah, Oxford and the Serum Institute in India have got a vaccine for malaria. We should be absolutely over the moon even though the last time this these two Muppets came together, they have killed and maimed and harmed forever. We don't know how many people. With, I've got to say again, vaccine-induced immune thrombotic thrombocytopenia, strokes, heart attacks, amputations, major life-changing injuries, it was pulled. And amazingly, they made a Barbie doll in the likeness of Sarah Gilbert. Remember that? Mattel? Let's inspire young girls all over the world to get into epidemiology and vaccines because Sarah Gilbert was behind the Oxford AstraZeneca jab. You don't hear anything from Sarah Gilbert these days. No, because of the vaccine-induced immune thrombotic thrombocytopenia, the strokes, the heart attacks. She's nowhere to be seen. And hopefully the Barbie dolls they made in the likeness of that fucker are filling a landfill somewhere, probably in India. This woman led the research and got the deadly AstraZeneca Oxford shots in the arms of people within 10 months. Not only is it the same researchers in the same university, but it's been manufactured by the same people. What could possibly go wrong? And four doses. Again, I'd say the children of Africa just can't wait. Roll up, roll up, have your clot shot from the company who brought you the most recent clot shot from 2020. It's insane this, isn't it? It's insane to be talking like this. It's mad, really. This is the Richie Allen Show. It's 18 minutes, just gone 18 minutes past the hour of 5 o'clock. I'm Richie Allen. Dr. Jerry Waters, I'm sure, will have something to say about this in hour two. Maybe Tony Gosling will have something to say about this when he joins me in a few minutes' time. It's always lovely to be with you. Monday's programme, I've got a really good week lined up for you this week. Your body's defences are under constant attack from flu, respiratory diseases and the common cold. Now more than ever, it is essential that you have a robust immune system. And as we all know, vitamin D3 plays an essential role in this. Immunex 365 is a unique formulation that combines effective levels of vitamins D3, C and K2, as well as zinc and quercetin. This unique combination of nutrients ensures efficient bioavailability of D3 thereby giving your immune system an optimum boost. Take back your health with just two capsules of Immunex 365 every day. For your peace of mind, all NutriHealth 365 orders come with free two-day track delivery. Go to NutriHealth365.com to get yours now. That's NutriHealth365.com. 
It's the BBG, not the BBC. This is your Richie Allen Show, live from the magnificent city of Salford. Thank you very much. I was going to do something on the Navy and pronouns, and I was going to do something on the Extinction Rebellion claims about 20 mile an hour zones, but I might just leave that, because you're sick of it, aren't you? You're sick of it, I tell you. You are sick of it. Hi to Ardle, who says, it sounds like the programme of shots that sterilised young girls in Africa under the guidance of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Rob says, I recently did some work for a nurse who's quite high up at a local hospital. He mentioned he'd been flat out because the COVID and flu jab had been rushed forward to this week, and there was a massive push to inject all the staff first. It isn't just Ireland, says Rob. It will be every health department in the UK. It's unbelievable we're here again, after all we know about the clot shots. That's Rob. Thank you, Rob. Simon says, mosquitoes kill almost as many people as Big Pharma and the medical mafia. Uh, hi to Tony. Tony, that's a very long message. I can't read that, but I'll read it later on. Uh, thank you for that. Hi to Sean, who says, I got a letter from school today offering the HPV vaccine for my 13-year-old autistic son. They can get stuffed if they think that they're giving it to him or any other vax, says Sean. Thank you, Sean. And it does that thing again where it just jumps up. I've got to get that fixed. Uh, Hi to Christine, who says we haven't killed and injured enough people in Ireland. So come forward, please. The excess death numbers are running in Ireland at over 20%. That's last month. I'm really beginning to hate these people, says Christine. And I have a rule to try and hate nobody. I might have to make an exemption for these evil bastards. You know, I blame more Christine... Not the horrible Lucy Jessup, the awful bastard who went on Morning Ireland to tell people to come forward and have one in each arm on the same day. I can't stand the journalists or the ones who call themselves journalists. I hate them. I don't hate them. I'm like you. I don't hate anybody. I have to remind myself, don't hate. It's not good. It lowers your vibration. It's not good at all. Don't do that. But um, I loathe them. Loathe them. Hi to John, who says, if it's free, the vaccine, what have you got to lose, he says. Laugh out loud, yeah. Hi to Johnny. Thank you, Johnny, for the link. He says, uh, look up the Evening Standard paper tonight on 15 Minute City. They're openly now telling us they are coming. They want to use DVLA records on vehicles to implement it and find those who dare to go outside their zone. Uh, from Johnny, who's in Brent in North northwest London. Thank you, Johnny. I don't know what happened there. Let's try again. That's the one. We lived in Brent when we were uh, doing TV in London in 2013, 2014. It is Monday, October 2nd, 2023. I'm the BBG, live from BBG Towers in the heart of Salford. This is the Big Geraniums. Coming up, Tony Gosling. Later on, Dr. Jerry Waters. This is the world's most listened to independent news radio show. Thanks for listening. The Big Geraniums and Home Again on the Richie Allen Show. Monday's programme, 26 minutes past the hour of 5 o'clock. Just a wee momentary problem with uh, connecting with Tony. He's there. We'll get him on in a sec. He's there. Um, but um, he's probably stepping out somewhere to have a chat with me. We'll give him a minute. Uh, thank you for your messages. Gaz says dating must be tricky now for the unjabbed. Well, thankfully, dating isn't something I have to concern myself with these days, Gaz. And I hope to keep it that way. If I mind my P's and Q's. Ronald asks, didn't they also give the award, uh, or didn't they award the Nobel Peace Prize to Barack Obama or Bush Jr.? Well, they gave it to Barack Obama. They also gave it to to Al Gore, if I remember. Um, but to Barack, for bombing the bejesus out of certain countries in the Middle East, sounds like the same satanic inversion. 
with them giving the Nobel Prize for the RNA vaccine inventors. And that's something I should have mentioned, but it's a Monday I've been running around. I did post this on richieallen.co.uk. Yes, it has been announced today, amazingly, that the scientists behind the mRNA COVID charts or the mRNA therapy or the mRNA technology used in the shots will be given the Nobel Prize for Physiology or Medicine. Professors Catalin Carrico and Drew Weissman will share the prize. This technology, mRNA, experimental before the pandemic, now given to millions of people around the world to protect them against the serious COVID-19. This is the BBC now. So the BBC journalist who typed this doesn't see the irony in it or the problem with it. Here's the BBC. The technology was experimental before the pandemic, but has now been given to millions of people around the world to protect them against serious COVID-19. Amazing that you could put that sentence together and not see how problematic it is. Experimental. No long-term safety data. Animal trials went tits up. I tell you what, though, we'll give it to millions and millions of people. What could possibly go wrong? You know, what could possibly go wrong? Okay, we'll try Tony Gosling one more time. If he doesn't answer, we'll move on. Very quickly, we'll move on. Because this is a recurring thing. People not being there when they should be there. This is live radio, dear listener. It's Monday, Monday. Who sang that? Who sang Monday, Monday? Song is embedded in my brain. Monday, Monday. Okay, we'll read some of your comments then and then we'll crack on and do something else. Tony Gosling inexplicably isn't there. Okie dokie. It's uh, the Richie Allen Show app or richieallen.co.uk where it says comment live. Maria is listening who says, thank you for featuring Sarah Plumley last week, the maths teacher. It was great. I just listened to it again. A friend of ours has quit teaching geography in a well-known private school here as she cannot teach the nonsense she is asked to teach anymore intoxicating children's brains. She is a much-loved and great teacher, and the kids were devastated when she left, said Maria. Thanks, Maria. Tim was on to say, at work with about 10 under 30 lads, they've all had a booster this past week. Really? Honestly, Tim, why, though? Why would 10 lads under 30 have had a booster? Do they have... Is there asthma involved there? Um, or, or something? I'm not saying there's any excuse. Nobody should have these jabs, just in case... You know, I'm, I'm being misunderstood here. Nobody should have them. They're dangerous. They're, they're, they're easily proven to be dangerous. They're terribly dangerous. I was waiting for, um, giving him another, oh, there he is. Tony, welcome back to the programme. How are you? Fine, thanks for having me on again, Richie. Not too bad, you arrived. Good, you're here, present and correct. Tony Gosling, folks, BBC, former BBC journalist and presenter of the Not the BCFM Politics Show in Bristol. I hope you had a good holiday, pal. Welcome back. So Grant Shapps, the current Defence Secretary, that's vaudeville, by the way. He's had 17 cabinet posts. I mean, well, he hasn't had 17, he's had a few. He's recommending that some UK troops are sent to help train Ukrainians. And he says this at the same time his predecessor, Ben Wallace, has written in The Telegraph today, saying that he asked Rishi Sunak to send more than £2 billion to the Ukrainian war effort, bearing in mind, as far as I understand it, Tony, the UK has already sent over £4 billion to the Ukrainian war effort. What's going on, pal? What's happening here? Well, it, you know, this is the sort of dying death throes of the Tory administration, isn't it? And it's almost as if they're handing the country over to Starmer uh, for 2024. I mean, the idea that Shaps could be put in, in, in this important job 
is it really is it's Monty Python. I mean, this guy has got no real knowledge whatsoever of the def of defence. Uh, he's got no knowledge of the military. Maybe that's the whole point of putting him in that job. And um, the, the 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 irony of all of this is Britain does seem to be through decisions like this that we heard um, the other day, where they're saying, you know, we want to send troops and openly send troops into train. Um, well, what they used to say in the old days, I remember even during the Vietnam days, is special advisors are being sent. You know, this is this is soldiers to do to train them, and if they can't use the equipment that we're giving them, they will use it for them. And so this is going to get more more um, uh, British soldiers killed by Russians. I would don't doubt, and the Russians are now, uh, you know, going to be deliberately, and in fact they have been doing this already, targeting NATO personnel in the country. They know where they are. They're watching them. They're listening electronically to where they are and so they're making sure that the 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 britain and i mean what it says to me hang on a second tony hang on a second if british troops are training ukrainian troops they're unlikely to be doing that near the front line or in harm's way so it's very unlikely they're going to be killed i would i would argue well there was there was uh, i can't remember the name of the of the city but there was um a, a couple of months ago an attack on a pizza restaurant, which was uh, which was where NATO personnel were in the pizza restaurant in Ukraine. I mean, they th this is a sort of open secret, really, that some of the senior people, not just um, ordinary squaddies doing the training, are are over there, you know, as a liaison between the ever diminishing Ukrainian ground forces and the ever diminishing supply of new people who just simply know that they don't want to die at the hands of the Russians. They don't even necessarily believe in Zelensky and what he stands for anymore. And that, that, that we've been over there uh, making sure that the communications between the, the American satellites, uh, the uh, British and American weapon systems, and the few remaining U U Ukrainian soldiers is all working swimmingly. So, I mean, it's another proxy war. It's very much like, you know, sending ISIS in for Syria. The idea is that nobody is supposed to know that this is our army. And, of course, the Russians know very well. They don't want to pick any fights. And that's one of the reasons. What, you know, this announcement by Shaps, no doubt, is, is one of the reasons why yesterday we saw the Russians announce a, a, a massive national uh, nuclear weapons drill for the public, for the population. So they're saying if there is a threat of nuclear attack, we want everyone to be ready. We want everyone to be in bunkers and God knows what. And, and the Russians and the Chinese will take this seriously. They, they will protect their population. Whereas the West, when we got rid of uh, the Civil Defence Act, I'm thinking about back in, it was around about, I think it was 94, 95, 96, around about that time, and replaced it with the Civil Contingencies Act. I, I got a kind of shiver down my spine seeing this change because I, it was quite clear that the, uh, that the new arrangement wasn't going to be protecting the British public at all in a nuclear war. It was going to be protecting the existing administration, so as to say, you know, the leaders of Bristol City Council, maybe the regional um, seat of government and uh, and Westminster and the existing top power structure. Uh, but they weren't going to be making any measures to protect the public from a potential nuclear war uh, and so or any other kind of war. So th this is where we are. The, the Chinese and the Russians protect their public. They take this seriously. Uh, the British and the NATO countries simply don't anymore. Uh, and so, you know, I'm, I'm bewildered as you are, but in a way, this does make a lot of sense that 
there would be a move in order to, um, you know, th- this seems seems to me is where it's demo- the, the the scales are falling from people's eyes. They've seen the Tories in power now since 2010. That's 13 years of absolute misery, slowly but surely. You know, the complete mismanagement of the economy for the vast majority and the the enormous boosting of the super rich, uh, the the falling apart of our infrastructure, especially since 2008, and the um, taking away of all the money from local authorities to what used to be called the rate support grant, so that the local authorities are collapsing, social services collapsing, youth services, everything is collapsing. And um, and so there needs to be some sort of change to make it look as if you can vote for something which might change things. And it won't. Can uh, I just take issue yeah. with something you said a moment ago? You, you yeah, said you said Please the Chi- you said the Chinese and the Russians. Um, you, you you said or you hinted at they uh, care more for their people or are more interested in protecting their people. I I I would argue the opposite is true. China is about one of the most controlled places on human on on, on earth. It's a terrible place to live. Number one, number two. What has Vladimir Putin ever done except that which was good for his oligarchical friends and his billionaire mates? Right, it's no well, it's no better in Russia those, either. Let's address those one by one. First of all, uh, the, the the Chinese people protect their population precisely because that population is controlled and it's precisely because the people are actually doing what the leadership want most of the time you know being very productive etc and it's a fairly supine i mean you know if there are protests they get put down pretty ruthlessly uh, population so that, that this is the, the quid pro quo you're getting during you know in in a communist part uh, chinese communist party led dictatorship is you're going to get the protection from the dictator from the pope as he is i mean he he wants everyone to believe in him effectively and if you don't if you say anything against him uh, you go to jail if you laugh during the national anthem you go to jail uh, but that you know the, the quid pro quo is there he wants he, you know a very very you know healthy strong population which will do as it's told where and when necessary lovely place so to live imagine what you're just describing there and it sounds to me that the people really pulling the strings in the uk and ireland and europe they they must be very envious of the way things are in china where people don't have free access to media yeah. where they're as controlled as they are in china i mean there's a great well, irony here yeah, or maybe they aren't even in the UK. Maybe they are in Beijing. Maybe they're in Shanghai, the people pulling the strings in the UK. You know, I, I look at the policies that are being implemented here, and I think this doesn't benefit anybody except the big rising superpower. Look, you asked also about Putin. He's got massive support, Richie, in, in his country. When there's an election next year, uh, the, the um, United Russia Party is going to win again because look at his approval rating. It's enormous. And, by and, the and way, you believe the Russian media? You, are you telling me Can that you believe... Believe those if approval heard, rating numbers. Hang on. If we heard our own popular, our own government saying, right, there's going to be a nuclear war drill, we're going to make sure that there's plenty of bunkers around for everyone to run into if there's a nuclear war, well, at least we're going to give you a chance to survive it. No, but they are doing that in Russia and they are doing that in China. So, you know, that's the that's the big difference is we, our leadership, don't seem to give a damn about this, uh, whereas the, theirs do. And I would also say something about uh, uh, King Charles the other day. You know, when he was in France last week, yes. or the week before maybe, giving his speech where he gave this most idiotic, I mean, really a, a misreading of history, which explains a lot about this whole Nazi gate business uh, in the Canadian Parliament. If Charles is there saying in the French Parliament, well, the Germans and the French and the British, uh, sorry, the British and the French got together and we defeated the Nazis. He's just written the whole of the, you know, the 30 million Russians that died defeating Hitler out of history. 
And this is one of the reasons, I think, why we get this idiotic reaction uh, in Canada with all these people, these idiotic, useless MPs who don't know anything about history and think that, you know, maybe that the, the British and the, the, the Russians weren't even involved in the Second World War, uh, cheering on this sergeant from the Waffen-SS. And by the way, I'm standing in, in um, Western Supermare at the moment, which is quite close to where that story started. It was a guy called Warren Thornton that dug out the information about this guy's service record uh, that got um, the Speaker of the Canadian Parliament sacked last week and uh, Trudeau having to make this embarrassing. And I think this, this has had massive ramifications in, amongst the Canadian population. It's like, you know, the idea that you've, you've got this big round of applause for the Waffen-SS in the middle of the Canadian Parliament, where all those tens of thousands of Canadians died in the Second World War fighting people like him. It, it, be, I don't think Trudeau has a chance politically in the future. I think that's the sort of mistake, embarrassment, etc., which completely, can completely kill an individual politician and make them totally toxic. Like somebody like Nicola Sturgeon became in um, up in Scotland, and they realised, and also, of course, uh, here, here in uh, like somebody like Boris potentially become so toxic that, that the party won't walk back them and they just move them out. So I don't think we'll be seeing much of um, uh, of Trudeau in any elections in Canada. Maybe not. Well, they're moved on. I believe this is my opinion, and my opinion only. Those who anoint prime ministers, those who anoint. Uh, presidents, they move them on when they feel they've outlived their usefulness, don't they? I mean, we must, we've got to imagine that it's not a stretch of the imagination that when you get to such a lofty position, there are going to be filing cabinets full of information on you that you won't like, you know, and when your time is up, it's a case of, right, open a file, let's get rid of him, put somebody else in. Well, and, and I, I, just, I would love someone to really look into Starmer's file. I was just going to mention it. God. Just going to mention it. That was my next <laughs> question. I, I mean, he, he's, he is one of the most toxic... The thing is, the reason that the press hasn't been putting this on front pages week, week after week, day after day, is because he's their little puppy. He's the puppy heir apparent, dog. yeah. Yeah, yeah, they, they won't talk, they won't, they won't diss him because... Um, you know, it, it, and oh, by the way, all this stuff about Russell Brown, I know you wanted to have a chat with me about that last week, but I would say one thing about that, and that is it's shown to me just how ineffective the, the, the legacy media, you know, the Channel 4 is now, because his ratings, I mean, okay, so his monetization may have gone, but his ratings are up higher and higher. In fact, they've got the mainstream press coming on there trying desperately on the BBC last week. They had Kath Viner from The Guardian. And Katie Razzle, who's the BBC's media editor, saying, well, what are we going to do about Rumble? You know, if they are in panic mode because they realise that by having this uh, smear campaign and the hatchet job on, um, on Russell Brand, it's totally backfired on them. And Russell's got even more followers now. Now, on that, let's stay with that. Um, the, the, <laughs> online, the online safety, but I'm not going to argue with you about Russell Brand's character because there's no point. Because anything, no. I, anything I say will just be my opinion, and my opinion doesn't really matter on Russell Brand. So forget him per se. He's good on COVID. He was very good on COVID. Yeah, but I mean, did he say anything original? Did he did he say anything that hadn't been said by other well, more prominent people? Yeah, original. but anyway, but but the whole point here is rumble, isn't it? And the idea yeah. that w- with the online safety bill um, becoming law when Charlie decides to sign the, the, whichever parchment they put in front of him, uh, Ofcom will then have the power to remove um, rumble uh, from our 
Well, I mean, people say you can use a VPN, but I'm not sure about that. But they they might say, right, Rumble is banned just in the same way that RT.com was banned. So maybe there's a far deeper story going on than just Russell Brand. Maybe Russell Brand is being used by those who want to stifle and stymie free speech, not because Russell Brand himself, per se, is any threat to the establishment, because he isn't, but that other people are, medical people, and they go on Rumble as well. What do you think? Do you think it's likely that Ofcom will try and get Rumble and um, kick it into the long grass and ban it in a few months? Well, of course. I mean, we're looking at a time now, which is, I mean, I think we've really got to make the most of the internet whilst it's still there, because with the online safety bill, this is going to mean, and I'm on a committee at the Journalists Union, the, the, the New Media Industrial Council, which has been chatting about this for the last four or five years and various iterations of this bill. And to begin with, there was a lot of enthusiasm for it, saying protecting people who are being bullied online. But this has all kind of fallen away now because we've realised that what they're actually doing is is trying to have uh, an unelected appointee committee policing the internet and saying what's true and what isn't, what is damaging, what's dangerous, who is hurt by what, what you know, and, and saying that this sort of information is false and this isn't. And, and this is not the job of Ofcom. If something can be proven absolutely rigidly to be totally untrue, then still people should be allowed to print it and publish it. I think when it comes to incitement to crime, that is uh, irresponsible for publishers to do it, and that should be dealt with by maybe the police, but certainly not by Ofcom. I don't actually think we need anything like Ofcom right now. What we need is police that, uh, for example, prosecute people that um, peddle, peddle child pornography online, which they don't seem to be capable of doing. Uh, we, we we know that the whole thing about cybercrime, that's what, what it's really about. But I don't think we even need, I mean, by the way, of course, I mean, people may not realise, I think it was 2017, Bilderberg, Ofcom were there, being entertained by Henry Kissinger, uh, by uh, Alex Karp, you know, the Palantir guy, uh, who's been involved in developing this software that they're now using to use AI to target Russians and kill them with missiles, all AI missiles and drones and God knows what, over in Ukraine. Uh, and so this is Ofcom. And for them, them sitting down with these Bilderbergy types uh, and having lunch with them and not saying anything about the meeting that they're going to explains, tells me exactly what they're about, which is uh, this is another kind of Mariana Spring operation where they're realising that the legacy media isn't being believed anymore. And so all the people that are embarrassing them, showing what lies they're telling on the BBC and Channel 4, they're now trying to come along and shut them down too. And and the problem is, I don't see, I don't easily see how how this can be prevented, how we can prevent them doing that, you know, like if they decide, well, Tony, can, it's can, a good question. Uh, yeah. I don't know that they will succeed though, because I mean it's a bit like this business of. Um, well, can I give you uh, an example before no, you tell me on, that? Can on, I get? No, no, let me no, give you an example. Hang on, hang on. I'm not finished my question. No, I'm not finished. Hang on. This is important. Yeah, I I give you loads of time. I don't interrupt. Hang on. This is very important. Um, so you present the Not the BCFM Politics show out of Bristol Fridays at five o'clock. It's excellent. So so you're talking about things with very interesting people, which um, third parties might not like. Now with the online safety bill becoming law, what's to stop Ofcom um, approaching a streaming service and saying wow. you shouldn't be streaming the Not the BCFM Politics show because al although some of the things that are being said or all of the things might be legal they are potentially harmful. And then you find yourself yeah. with a streaming provider. This is deadly serious. I think this is where it's going. Forget about Rumble. They'll go after the streaming providers. Go ahead. 
yeah, I think they will. And um, that's the whole point of it. So yeah. what, we, what can we do about it? I mean, yeah. I, I just look at this whole situation with the Canadian Parliament and the uh, absolutely vile. I mean, I, I saw a list of the atrocities committed by the division that this guy that they applauded last week was a sergeant in. And I mean, you're talking about massacres of civilians. Uh, in in uh, 1943, 1944. I mean, absolutely, literally, every kind of horrific public executions, all this kind of stuff is what they were up to. And, um, you know, this isn't just a, a, an army unit. This is very much like, actually like the Israelis, I might say, the Israeli Defence Force, where you've got armed soldiers, not attacking other and killing other armed soldiers in tanks or, or in trenches, but just going through cities and towns killing civilians, singling out individuals they don't like the look of, and hanging them. This kind of thing is what they were up to. Bizarre, yeah. And, and you know, that, so that, that was, uh, there was an attempt there. Isn't it interesting, isn't it, what's going on over there? They, they wanted to have Zelensky and Trudeau um, clapping this guy, giving him a standing ovation, and they were daring the rest of the world's press to say anything and to even know what they'd just done. And you know what happens is the information gets out anyway. And once the Jewish lobby got hold of it over in Canada, they were just throwing it straight at Trudeau, which is brilliant to see. But I don't know if you can ever really keep 100% a lid on the truth, Richie. They can try, they can legislate their way towards this sort of thing. But there's always going to be someone somewhere who's you know, found a way through the firewall or whatever. I mean, I remember as a teenager reading, reading William, William Gibson and um, all his stuff about, uh, you know, the, the future battle of, of uh, information and the internet to come. You the know, cyberpunk was amazing guy. Thing. Without him, the Cyber, cyberpunk guy. Cyberpunk yeah. stuff. Yeah, and that's yeah. where we are. But at the end of the day, I don't think you can win. I mean, on so, what's happened is that the West knows that it's going to lose militarily against the Russians and the Chinese. So it's trying everything else, you know, hybrid warfare. But at the end of the day, they have to actually fight. And they cannot fight the Russians and the Chinese and keep their own people bamboozled. And, and, and what this has proved with the um, muscle brand business is that the general population just doesn't take what Channel 4 says seriously anymore. They don't take what um, you know, the BBC says seriously anymore. They, in fact, if you look at the surveys around the world, the UK is one of the least trusted mass medias in the world. That's right. So we yeah. have come right down to the bottom. And so they are basically fighting it. They are fighting a rear guard. I mean, I sometimes think we are fighting a rear guard, actually. Actually, they are. Yeah. yeah but you must, have, um, you must have giggled. You must have giggled like a schoolgirl when you learned that Mariana <laughs> Spring had been caught out lying on her CV. <laughs> You couldn't yes, make it up, could course. you? I felt, I actually laughed for twenty minutes. I'm like, you're yeah. kidding me, really? It, it is. It is. Look, I the mean, witch we know general. people are lying. This is yeah. just evidence. I mean, I remember one of the worst things I saw the BBC ever do was that news round in 2020, where they had that vile woman come onto news round, the chief scientific advisor to Nicola Sturgeon, telling all the kids watching, "Oh, it's all completely safe. The vaccine is all completely safe. It don't worry about." It. This was early 2021, actually. Yeah. Uh, and you think you're a lying, 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 using the television to lie to kids, uh, and you know. So this this sort of thing has its repercussions. And I was asked recently by one of the TV channels about. Um, I was having a debate with George Samuelli. I don't know if you know. He's a fascinating guy from Prague very good international analyst, quite a droll sense of humour, about whether, this is the legacy of 9-11, because I don't know if you know about the news from last week, which was uh, Matt Campbell's won his right from the um, from the Attorney General to potentially reopen his brother's inquest. He died in the 9-11 attack. Yeah, the he's a great guy, yeah. Amazing guy. 
and and uh, and it's lovely to hear good news, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> to change. Maybe it's because this government's on the way out. They think, oh, we might as well now. Um, but but uh, the, the the point being that the discussion we was ha- were having was: Have the Americans paid a price for nine eleven? Well, George was saying no. He doesn't think they have. Now you know they can bomb the Nord Stream pipeline with no consequence. Well, look, okay, so they can get away Allegedly. with these things at the, at the highest level. Well, of course they did. And um, they can, it was Jake Sullivan, by the way, who was at the Bilderberg just a few weeks before it happened, by the way, uh, with all the other people who were the key decision makers in that Nord Stream pipeline operation that Seymour Hirsch, Cy Hirsch exposed. But the, 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 I mean, I, I think the Americans have paid a massive price in terms of international credibility. And you may not be able to re- register it on a, you know, any kind of actual scale of achievements or non-achievements or wars or people who've kept been killed or not. But they're just, people just do not trust the Yanks anymore at all. And that's why. And in the old days, they used to think that the Americans were a reasonable force for good in the world. Now nobody trusts them. So they, they really are, on a, honestly, on a hiding to nothing. And the further they go down this road, the more trouble they're going to make for themselves. It seems obvious to me that, you know, that, and we've now got King Charles in charge here, who's an absolute, you know, he's one of the worst people you could possibly have in charge. You look at, he would most definitely have been involved, Richie, in this decision with Grant Chaps to announce the stuff to do with British troops, because he is the commander in chief of the British troops. He is a, a, the head of the army. And he's also the head of all the three intelligence services. So he is definitely going to have been behind that. He won't want to talk about that to his friends who follow his little spidery letters. But that's he is most definitely one of the people who's involved in that decision to make that announcement, uh, saying that more British troops are going to be going over to... Um, to Alleged, allegedly. Has he said anything on Ukraine since he's taken the throne? Well, other than Putin is the new Hitler. As he said that he said a few years ago, yeah, he said this a few years ago. Uh, oh yes, uh, yeah, Putin is, um, uh, yeah, he's, yeah, he has, he is, he is most definitely compared Putin to Hitler, and that that was very embarrassing because of course it doesn't make for very good. He's supposed to be, you know, his mum would never have done that, Richie. Well, he's supposed to be obviously. Look, we we know it's a constitutional monarchy. People believe that these guys are there as a nod, a throwback to the olden times, and they don't have any power. You and I know differently. Can I ask you a question about something else? This is massive, I think. Of course, yeah. So Tedros Gebra Befeckin Jesus was on telly this <laughs> afternoon, right, uh, from the World Health Organization. So they've they've announced a second vaccine for malaria. They're going to get a hundred million doses of this made by next year. But the staggering thing, well, that's staggering enough. But they they announced that the jab is um, a collaboration between Oxford, the people who made the AstraZeneca jab, which has been withdrawn because of all the problems, and the same company in India, Serum or Serum Limited or something like that, which will manufacture them. That's um, an incredible in, inversion, that, isn't it? So they, they rolled out Oxford's AstraZeneca jab. It caused strokes, heart attacks, amputations, major life-changing injuries. There are a lot of people taking Oxford AstraZeneca to court. And now we learn that the same people and the same crowd in India have got a malaria jab and four doses for children, Tony. What could possibly go wrong is my question. Well, it amazes me that the Indians put up with this, really. I suppose it's because they're just a kind of puppet government of the West. And, I mean, the Chinese, too. It really depends how you look at the world. I I see it as a um, really a U.S.-China conspiracy at the top. 
And the and the Indians are kind of being see themselves as playing one off against the other, but actually they're working with both. And we've also had the appalling, um, you know, several horrific decisions by the Indian government. One most important is probably to do with the uh, the Kashmir situation and the secession of Kashmir. Uh, so, well, the Kashmir wants to secede from India because it's mainly Muslim. It should be really part of Pakistan, but the British Mountbatten left it like that deliberately to cause this horrible situation now uh, uh, and then there's, all, there's also the uh, really quite evil use of um, the withdrawal of the of cash from india because of course it's a society which is nowhere near as much electronic money as most parts of the world um, and so they got rid of all these uh, high value um, cash no uh, notes from the, the from the from the current you know people couldn't yeah, use them anymore that's right just causes absolute mayhem chaos so they are, they are just playing with their public like a farmer plays with sheep or goats, you know, messing around with people's heads in a really, really, I think, tyrannical fashion. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me that they are allowing these Western cartels. The um, By the way, I was looking at something the other day, which I'll be using this Friday, uh, by a guy called Matthias Rath. I don't know if you've come across him, the Rath Foundation. Yes. Uh, he's a, We've he's spoken a German... Um, yeah, I mean, he was really good during COVID. He was putting out lots of information about genuine real cures for it and looking at some of the um, connections of the big company, big pharmaceutical companies back to the Nazi era. And his, his contention is that most of what we're seeing now is German-led cartels that have taken over Europe and the EU. He, I think he's called, his, uh, his book is called The Nazi Roots of the Brussels uh, EU. Brussels EU, yeah, I mean, so so he's pointing out that the cartels uh, in Europe, US, and they are, you know, slowly working their way in. Many of them are now in China too. These are the guys that are actually calling the shots. So in a way, what you've got is a sort of fascistic cartel system in Europe and America. This is just very, you know, very broad summary. Yeah. And then you've got the Chinese Communist Party uh, managed economy in China. Actually, there's not a lot of difference between the pair of them. And many of them, although you know, one might be coloured blue and the other one red, uh, they're really implementing exactly the same sorts of policies everywhere, whether it's to do with, you know, getting rid of cash, uh, it's to do with... Uh, you know, these uh, microchip um, uh, like payments, yeah. all these things, none of which anyone's ever wanted or voted for. And what bothers me is that the, this whole uh, control of money is is very, it's, it's biblical. You know, the, the idea that, you know, you look in the book of Revelations, there it is. It says no one will be able to buy and sell um, without, uh, it doesn't say a microchip, right? It says without the mark of the beast, either in their right hand or in their forehead. Now, you know, many people, you could say the whole thing's just a fairy tale, but to me, it looks fascinating that you've got this genuine effort to bring about this uh, a, a system of completely controlling people through whether they're allowed to buy anything to eat or, or drink or yeah. you know, pay the rent or whatever to something which is completely controlled externally so you don't have a, any you don't have a piece of gold you don't have anything Nothing. you just have a little chip which someone else owns and controls that they, then you you will will completely control whether or not you're allowed to live or die and the chinese so, are nearly there 
and we love the Chinese. We're getting there too. We're getting yeah. there too. I mean, they still use cash in China, and they still use a lot of cash in China. But you know, both. In fact, I was when I was in um, Croatia recently. Uh, they hate it. They just don't like. They don't like electronic money. They just, you look at them with a card, and they go, "Oh, do we have to?" You know. Uh, so there's almost an innate thing I think in human beings, especially if they've just been through a massive war like they had in the Balkans. That let's just keep money. It's much much better, you know, cash rather than this electronic rubbish. Cash is king. I've got one final question for you um, probably the most important question of the evening is it time for the Premier League to scrap VAR after the debacle between Liverpool and Spurs on Saturday evening tea do we need to get technology out of football it's ruining the game do you care T well I think we you know I, I don't actually care really but I tell you what <laughs> I, uh, I think, think the so. only reason the VAR has arrived I mean I think it's it's is you've got to have trustworthy referees and you've got to take all the bribery out of sport I think there's a fantastic amount of bribery goes on especially now there's so much money at stake in the Premier League for example I think there's often money gets you know brown envelopes change hands probably not electronic money in order to uh, throw games I'd be you surprised know, in the Premier the League I'm, it's gone on in Europe but um, I I, I, I'd be very surprised in the Premier League. So it's not and, uh, just, what I'm saying is it's not just the Eurovision Song Contest, you know what I mean? It's all over <laughs> the place. And here's the absolute final question. Are you moonlighting by washing windscreens on the M1 today to earn some extra cash? What the feck are you doing? This is the second time in three conversations that I'm trying to beat the traffic talking to you. Where are you? I'm in Western. Uh, there's no traffic around here. I'm, and aren't you washing windscreens for a few quid? What's going on? Back, I'm actually back at, out the back of the old um, winter gardens. There's no traffic anywhere it's, right, so you're gaslighting me now. I just heard an articulated lorry just go right up your backside. What's wrong with you? Oh, well, uh, I think I'd have known about it. You'd have known about that. Well, it's, okay, there's a van going past around about 150 yards away. In studio so that, next time. We'll do it in the second hour. By the way, uh, the, thisweek.org.uk, the, uh, not the BCFM politics show, every Friday at five o'clock. My recommendation is worth its weight in gold because I don't recommend anything. It's a brilliant show. Tony Gosling and a cast of excellent analysts every Friday. Well, we have a row. Martin Summers and I, we've got this sort of, he's a, he's very much a Marxist socialist and I'm a Christian socialist. So we have a, a, a good a, old ding dong. Broad, a broad agreement about a mixed economy. That is to say, we need to have our infrastructure controlled by government and we need to be able to vote and when we vote, that will determine what sort of infrastructure we get, you know, that sort of thing. And um, But we're, on many of the other sort of more spiritual things, we are, we are completely poles opposed, so uh, poles apart. So It makes for a know, good it's, listen it's to a genuine, It's a genuine discussion every week, as Martin and I kind of scrabble to sort of uh, control the narrative, if you want, of uh, various stories that are coming through no, the pipeline. I, I bore witness to it a couple of times. Thanks again for today. Um, time is up. Great to have you back, pal. We'll speak again in a few weeks. Thanks, Tony. Thanks very much, Richie. God bless you. As always, you too, pal. Thisweek.org.uk. And do check out Bilderberg.org, Tony's website, which is, um, well, there's an avalanche of information on there about the power brokers, uh, Bilderberg's secret societies, the programme, 5 o'clock every Friday. It's unmissable. Uh, Do check it out. It's a minute past six, by the way. Uh, Coming up in a few minutes' time, Dr. Jerry Waters, live. Live, it's always live on the Richie Allen Show. Thank you for your comments. Paulie says, hearing about the Germans taking over reminds me of Shrimpton, Michael Shrimpton. That's right, we've not spoken uh, to Michael for ages. Chris says, Grant Shapps, the Defence Secretary, was tweeting today about asking Ukrainian President Zelensky what he needs to win. What do you need to win? He tweeted him.
It's wonderful. It's vaudeville, isn't it? I replied with reference to Canada, asking if he would have clapped the Ukrainian war hero. Thank you, Chris. I wouldn't hold my breath if I were you, waiting for a response. Thank you uh, so much for that. Hi to Cockney J. Yes, Tony, someone mentions the biblical context of what is going on. Cockney J approves. Hi to Paul, who says the plan is outlined in the day tapes. Recollection in 1988 of a presentation in 1969 and he says Sage Hannah Substack covers this in depth I don't know what that is but I have mentioned it there so there you are let me just um, go to the website richieallen.co.uk it is Monday's programme it's uh, the 2nd of October just in case you didn't know Backbeat says part of the reason people mistrust the Americans uh, is due to their lack of subtlety when practising the dark art of foreign policy. Steve says Devi Shridhar is a special advisor or was to Sturgeon and a friend of the Clinton say no more. She's an epidemiologist. Shridhar, isn't she? Is it Edinburgh University? Faisal says it's easy enough to find RT with a VPN. So banning Rumble or other sites will just drum up business for VPN companies. And he says, I wonder if this is what it's all about. Well, Faisal, I will counter that. You know what they do in China? Chinese people can have a VPN if Chinese people choose to have one. However, only a VPN that is approved by the government. So the government says in China, yes, you can have a VPN, but only one that complies with our requirements. So the Chinese ban, the Chinese government, the Chinese authority, it bans VPNs, virtual private networks, which, 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 uh, the ones which do not, do not obey the government, effectively. He says, stumbling over his words. So the Chinese people can have one, but only one that has been sanctioned by the government and is tightly controlled by the government. And I would argue, it's only an argument, I have no proof of any of this. But if this government, or I mean, the government are front men and women, they're nobodies, they're there, window dressing, right? But if the people who really control things, if they want to ban Rumble from the UK, it stands to reason that they will introduce a law like the law in China. We, because things are so serious, because climate change is so serious, because international terrorism is so serious, because because pandemics are so serious, we have to carefully control um, the discussion around these things. Therefore, we ban Rumble, Ofcom, and now we introduce a law that says VPN's fine, but only these five VPN companies here. Choose from one of those. We don't really want to know what you're surfing, but we'll make sure that through the VPN you choose, you can only surf certain things at certain times. It stands to reason. Maybe I'm being paranoid. I don't know. You let me know what you think. The Richie Allen Show is live from Salford. I'm Richie Allen. Thanks for listening to me. And putting up with me, Dr. Jerry Waters, live in a few minutes. This is Wet, Wet, Wet. In the meantime... Right, Wet, Wet, Wet on The Richie Allen Show. The time is fast approaching seven minutes past six. It's Monday. Thank you for all of your comments. I really appreciate them. Let's welcome back our... our, our uh, or, or, sorry, let's welcome our next guest, but welcome him back because he's been on the programme uh, before. He's a very funny guy, he's a very brave guy. Um, when he came on the, late last year, he came on to talk about being suspended by the medical authority in Ireland 
um, for putting the safety of his patients first, which is what he did. He didn't enforce mask wearing and he told his patients at the time that he couldn't administer them. He couldn't give them a COVID mRNA shot. I wonder how many of them realise what a favour he did for them at the time. That case of his is going through. It's ongoing at the moment and for legal reasons we can't really get into it but there are other very interesting things we can talk about on the programme today. So let's welcome back to the show Dr Jerry Waters. Jerry, welcome back. Hey Richie. It's a pleasure to have you back. How are you? Ah, It's our our absolute pleasure. How are things back home today? Uh, Absolutely brilliant. I'm I'm getting an echo on this, uh, Richie. Are you getting it? No, you sound great to me, but what I can do is disconnect and call again. It sometimes cleans it no, out. No, 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 no. The echo seems to have gone now. Lovely. I, I, may, may, maybe it was my, my ears or something. This is the problem with the ageing process. It could be a problem never, with the ageing process, you, you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you, you can never quite catch up on the, on the latest developments of what's happening in your ageing. No, you cannot. Now, we're not going to get into your situation because... <laughs> We will. We will when when it's resolved. I, I said what I said at the outset, and I said it before. I think that you know when when all is said and done in years to come, and the dust has settled, and I there's no need for me to kiss your arse. It's the truth. You do. Well, there's no harm. There's no, there's no harm, harm in it. Uh, all, all praise is uh, is appreciated. So you just go ahead. And Thank you, Jerry. Look, you did you did right by your patients, didn't you? You told them that you couldn't, in good conscience, give them a COVID mRNA shot because not enough was known about the shot, and who knows uh, how many people hey. you saved by not doing that. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's very hard to know how many I saved or how many I didn't save, but it, 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 it kind of went back a year prior to that where I wouldn't go along with the whole COVID pathogenicity hoax. And that's where, again, I I explained to you, I think I did anyway, and, and the last time we chatted, that I copped that the pathogenicity of the virus, in other words, its ability to sicken and kill people just wasn't in phase with the message that was going out. Um, So I I had a year's battle with the ICGP, the Department of Health and the Medical Council prior to being suspended, which in effect, it's a funny concept, being suspended for 31 months you can imagine being hanged by the neck for 31 months and still continue to say to you, oh, you're only suspended. Yeah. Um, it, it ruined my practice. It it ruined my the value of my, my building because I sold it then as an empty building rather than a, a growing concern. But the same token, I'm not trying to look like I'm a victim or looking for pity in that. I'm uh, reasonably comfortable. I'm can live on the clippings of tin in effect. So I, I'm not looking for pity or I'm not looking for in any way to to, to compare what happened to me to, to the people who were truly hurt. The people who were truly hurt were the people who were massively traumatized psychologically and terrorized into staying at home. Then there was the people who died alone and the families of the people who died alone in nursing homes. When in effect, the people who were enforcing those laws in the higher echelons, not necessarily within the nursing homes, but in the higher echelons of the Department of Health and that, knew absolutely full well 
that social distancing was not necessary. And then, of course, there was the people who were damaged by the vaccines, both died from myocarditis or uh, have, have cancers. There's no doubt, but the vaccines, sorry, I shouldn't use the word vaccine because they were never a vaccine. The messenger RNA of 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 unknown purpose is how I refer to them on my uh, uh, Twitter account. Incidentally, just just a little plug for my Twitter account. I've getting on for getting close to fifty thousand followers, and uh, that is where I preach from. I was I was banned for eight months before Elon Musk came back and, and allowed me back on Twitter. But that, if anybody wants to know where I stand on COVID, the vaccines, or on other things, that's where they get me on That's Twitter. where you share information. The account is O-Tourisk, so it's O-T-U-R-I-S-K. If you put that into Google, you'll find Dr. Jerry Waters immediately. O-T-U-R-I-S-K. And later on... Oh, tourist, yeah. excuse me. Oh, tourist. It's, it's due to my dyslexia and the, my, uh, my efforts to spell my Irish name. <laughs> that, <that's right>. Oh, tourist. <laughs> but uh, it's oh, tourist. I should be ashamed now because my Gwelga was pretty good when I was at school. And if you'd said to me, what's the Gwelga for waters? I would have struggled, to be honest. So oh, yeah, tourist. every day is oh, a bloody, is a school day, isn't I, I, it? When I opened the account, I didn't care, and I just slapped down a sort of rough uh, uh, approximation of how I thought of it. I, I just didn't bother thinking. But I am dyslexic, and uh, with the result that I, I kind of get letters wrong and in the wrong place and, and that. It's all the more I've impressive. I've got a lot of problems, Richie, I can assure you. Yeah, but it's all the more you, impressive. You really don't want to go into my problems. No, but we, we might do. It's, it's, all, it's, all, the more, it's all the more impressive. Psychoanalysis. Psychoanalysis with Dr. Allen, yeah. I've got to, um, I want to play you something. Now, today they began injecting people with the flu jab and the COVID jab. And I've got a little snippet from Morning Ireland. So it is the presenter for Morning Ireland. I think it's Anya. Uh, this time around, and she's with somebody called Lucy Jessup, who works for the health and the sorry the health service executive, and they're talking here um, about the new COVID jab or the COVID jab and whether or not it protects against the new variant. So I just like your thoughts on this. Let's have a listen to this. It's only a few seconds long. Uh, Anya yep. and then Lucy Jessup. Then so the updated COVID vaccine does that protect against the current variant? Uh, so it's uh, called an XBB 1.5 vaccine. So that's been updated to protect against several of the variants that were uh, circulating more recently. Uh, and so it would protect against the XBB variants and also the EG variant people will have heard of. Uh, it's too early yet to know uh, if it is going to give good protection against BA 2.86, which is the variant people have been talking about much more recently. But we haven't actually seen any of those variants in Ireland uh, yet. So I think it's, it's important that people uh, are aware that this is a new and updated vaccine uh, compared to the one that they would have had before and it is uh, going to give good protection against the, the variants that we have in Ireland. What do you make of that, Jerry? I think, I think there's the, the use of, of, of the variants and the, 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 the letters delineating or denoting who, which they are, I think it's a deliberate effort to, um, to confuse, to muddy the water. She, I came out of that not quite sure what she was saying, quite frankly, but there again, 
I'm willing to accept that I, I'm not quick on the uptake. But I really didn't get whether she was saying absolutely that it will uh, protect against what's going. The, the, the question is, did the, did the last uh, messenger, messenger RNA uh, protect? Of course it didn't. Absolutely not. How could you possibly claim that it's protected anybody from COVID? First of all, there's a question mark over the existence of COVID per se as a pathological entity. And then the, how, co- how come people who are got the vaccine, sorry, shouldn't use that word, you got the messenger RNA, are dying at a higher rate than the people who are unvaccinated? Like it's it's all so crazy that it's unbelievable. It's so dystopian. Can I ask you a question? Why? Um, I, I like that you're open-minded. I like my guests to be open-minded. <laughs> no, I do. But why? Why do you say that there may be a question over whether COVID existed as a pathogen and as a going concern? I ask this because in Jan- January 2020, I. And no man flew gags, please. No gags about men being weaker than women. But I... I would never, never, never go down that road. Thank you very much. I nearly died in January of 2020. I'd never experienced anything like it. My doctor didn't know how to explain it. That oxygen was getting into my lungs. But 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 there was no blockage. There was no sputum or any of that. But that my lungs were not being oxygenated. And my blood was not oxygenated. It was horrendous. It was really, really bad. And so, what was your O2? What was your oximeter reading? The little thing they put on the finger. Sh- it's a shame I don't have those details to hand right now. I don't have them, Jerry. But well, well it was, every doctor, every GP has, has, has a little oximeter yeah. on his desk. And uh, he, he could tell you what was your oxygen concentration on your blood so that would be very very relevant to know yeah. no your, your question is how can i say that there was nothing of any great pathological significance first of all i've i was a gp here in selbridge for 40 years every year i heard that story over and over and over again every single sultry year for the 40 years i heard Oh, dozens, if not hundreds of people saying, oh, that was the worst bug I ever had. I couldn't breathe. I was flattened. Generally, they were referring to the flu or some parainfluenza virus or something else going. So for me to hear that coming from you about, what was this, the winter of 19 or... The, yeah, 1920. The yeah. 20. Um, it could as easily have happened in 16, 15... Uh, 2002, uh, you know, in my case, 82, 96, any of the years. And each of those years, and every year in between, I heard the same story. Seriously. And I'm not talking about women, men, or anybody else, but the number of people that have come to me, uh, or would have come to me in any given year, or any GP, and said, oh, that was the worst bout I ever had. I was totally flattened. So the fact that you are talking about that of in, 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 in the start of 20 doesn't in any way convince me that there was a pathogenic virus, a particularly pathogenic virus. What I'm working on the basis that my experience, as I say, 40 winters, there was absolutely nothing in the winter of 1920 that suggested to me in the remotest that there was a particularly pathogenic virus doing the rounds. Absolutely and in fact, if anything, it was kind of milder in my experience. That's the problem when you've done 40 years of it. You can, you can see patterns, and there was no pattern. 
And if you, you and and if you knew that, and if you know that, it stands I to reason. Yeah, no, of course you did. It stands to reason that those advising governments would have known it as well. So if they, of course they did. so why then? Why do that to the populations of Ireland, of England, of, they're traitors, of Europe? Because they're traitors to the populations of of of, of the Western world. They they. They, the, the, the fact of the matter is, on the 27th of March, 2020, I got a letter from the uh, Department of Health telling me, as did every other GP in Ireland, telling, them, telling us to put down COVID as the cause of death, or rather as a contributing... Well, it was going out as the cause of death on the, on the 6 o'clock news every day. If we had a positive PCR test, everybody... But everybody that has the clue about anything knows that PCR test was a con and a hoax. Rubbish, it had been yeah. patented. It told us nothing about the presence of a, a disease-causing virus. It was telling us about the possibility of a, a sequence of a DNA or RNA that may or may not have been from a coronavirus. That's all it was. Nobody but nobody believes that the PCR test was a true test of the pre- presence of an effective organism at that point in time. And the so inventor said something similar, before. didn't he? Didn't the inventor warn against using that Absolutely. particular test? Yeah. And, and, and remember, everybody also knows that the inventor suggested recycling between two. Each time you recycle things, something, you double it. And we've all watched Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, how it doubles very, very quickly. So when you get up into the, into the, uh, the sort of a seventh or eighth question, it's going from half a million to a million. And then it would go to two million. Then would go, if it continued, it would go to four million, then eight million. You know, in another five or six questions, it'd be gone up to, uh, uh, you know, 138 million. Um, so r- remember that, that, you know, that, that exponential increase. He recommended that it be, that it be cycled or, or, or doubled each time 25 times. In Ireland and in England, they were uh, recycle. Uh, they were doubling it up to forty times. That's right. And here, they yeah. were bound to get a positive PCR test. That is an absolute reality. And uh, so, so the, the PCR was a total absolute con. And this is where I have difficulties when I come across doctors who talk about ha- curing ninety eight percent of their their. their uh, COVID patients, uh, based on what? What exactly was the basis for your uh, diagnosis of COVID in the first place? A PCR test? Out the window. Absolutely no reason to believe that, that you cured anything. And just as a matter of interest, I got a 100% cure rate on my, on my uh, COVID patients during that winter. Absolutely 100%. And guess what I used? Nothing over and above what I'd used over the 46, 40 previous years. What I did was I examined my patients. I examined every patient that came in against the, the rules then implemented of the Department of Health. We were told not to examine them. I examined every patient, listened to their chest, and if there's anything there that, that I found a little bit suspicious, I would intervene maybe with a bronchodilator or maybe with a steroid or maybe with an antibiotic or a cough bottle or something. And uh, that's what I'd done for the previous 40 years. And lo and behold, I got the exact same 
results for these COVID tested patients, these PCR positive patients. I didn't send anybody for for um, the PC, for the uh, the COVID test fundamentally because I wouldn't enter into the con. I wouldn't participate in any way in what I knew to be a con. Um, I wouldn't send people, but people were going off and getting them done anyway. They were coming and saying, I've got COVID. And I would say, well, I'll treat you the exact same way as I've treated all upper respiratory tract viral infections over the last 40 years. And I got a 100% success rate. I didn't need any special magic drugs or anything. That didn't make me too popular when I said that with some of the, the people on our side who were using ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and all sorts of things. What do you think of those antivirals or antiparasitics excuse me. Oh, I don't me. know. If they, I, I, I don't, look, I don't care if they worked. But if they worked, when they, if they worked as a placebo and they worked in reality, I don't know. All I know is that um, I got a 100% success rate. I'd know, I didn't even have a really sick patient, per se, that winter due to upper respiratory tract viral infections. And I did exactly what I'd done for the previous 40 years. That didn't go down very well with the, the, the Department of Health. Because I wasn't, and I wasn't masking, and I wasn't playing the game, um, well, which, which ended up with me losing all income. Which is a disgrace, Jerry. Let me just do a quick, a uh, brief summary. 40 years experience, GP. Much respected. you know why I say this? Because the first time you came on, we've got a pretty healthy listenership here. I'm not bragging. But the first time yeah, you I hear, came, believe you have. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I can say it, but no, it, it does. I, I remember after you came on the first time, I had a dozen or more emails from people, um, some of which I read out. Some of them said, please keep me, you know, anonymous. And they said they were patients of yours. They either were or they had been, and they couldn't speak highly enough of you. And that's a fact. I, I, I want to ask this because I can't get my head yeah, around. Yeah, but as I'm talking, Richie, I'm, I'm sure any doctor could get that sort of testimonials. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm not saying I was a particularly great doctor. I, I, I tell you what, what my, my, my quality was. I actually loved doing what I did, and I was privileged to do that. I loved being allowed into people's lives. You know, when you think of it, for, for a bus driver's son from a corporation housing estate to be allowed into people's lives when they needed me, when they were hurt, when they were damaged, when they were sick, to be allowed in there is such a privilege and such an honour. And... Uh, to, to actually maybe do some good is, is another thing. I often compare it to anybody on your way home from work someday or, you know, a guy falls off his bicycle or a woman falls off their bicycle or something falls and you get down and you you you, um, you help them and, you know, you maybe wrap a bandage around their knee or something like that. You go home, you're feeling on a high. There's always such a high when you help somebody, a good Samaritan kind of thing. I was getting that. I wouldn't say 30 or 40 times a day, but I was seeing t- maybe 30 patients a day and on five or six uh, occasions you thought, yeah, I've, I've, I've done some good done there. Something you good. You remind Such me... a privileged life we have, we doctors have, and unfortunately 99% of them don't appreciate it. Well, you remind me of our family doctor who's a far more senior, ladies, than you, Waterford Audrey Farrell, an amazing woman. We just talk. We talk to you and listen to you and ask questions and would remember things because she was genuinely interested in you and your family and That's you. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a, yeah, it was a, I, I had a natural curiosity. I, I, I literally had natu- natural curiosity. And as a kid, they called me 20 questions. No matter who I met, I was questioning people. So I loved to ask people about their jobs and exactly what they do and how does it work and that. So I was just a naturally curious person. I just loved to, to, to know and learn 
you know, of course, then I ended up saying, well, how much money? What's your profit margin? And, you know, <laughs> so you're learning like, oh, as well. Yeah. But as well as that, you're getting a more rounder picture of who they are. That's right. That, yeah. I don't know if I was necessarily doing it for that reason, but it was just my natural curiosity. I think if anybody is going to come in and say, yeah, Jerry Waters could chat to you for, you know, it, it, we could chat about anything and every everything and my job and everything. Um, I think, again, that made me lucky to to be a doctor. And I say no, none of the attributes I would have as a doctor would be down to me trying to be a good doctor. It was just I, I, I kind of think I ended up with with certain attributes by accident, an accident of birth. I ended up, well, I can say it now because I'm 73 and, I, and I've had a very successful run through 40 years of it. And I can I can say it now. I probably couldn't have said it thirty years ago that I'm a good doctor, but I I, I would acknowledge that I, I I did reasonably well over the forty years. It's lovely to be chatting with you, Jerry. We've loads to get through in the time that we have left. Doctor Jerry Waters is our guest. What what's happening with? Um, can I just ask before we talk about excess death numbers in Ireland? Help me out with this very very quick question. If you're right and they use the dodgy test to give them the case numbers, if you're right that COVID either didn't exist or it was very, very mild, and if they did all of this deliberately, how did they manage to, um, the word I'm looking for here now, uh, oh God, to, for this to happen in lockstep? Yeah, but to happen in lockstep, how did they manage to control this in so many individual countries? Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, it, it, it was a massively well-organized system and they, they had the power within the, within the governments. In America, I think it was actually partly to do with getting uh, Trump out and, 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 and causing the post, uh, bringing about the postal votes. You know, I think that, that was kind of part of it in America. But it was well-planned. It was well-organized. And they took over the media fundamentally it, by, by taking over the media and by I, I don't know how they managed to quite capture the, the, the regulatory bodies, but they definitely did. They captured the medical council. They captured pretty much everything here. Um, well, it was done by money. I don't know. And I, I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't make a charge that anybody took, took money out of it other than the fact that the GPs and that who were administering the, the vaccines. But the primary uh, capture was the media and the media was captured through the billions and billions of advertising by pharma advertising revenue yeah. and it was very very clear that if the media pushed the wrong the wrong uh, narrative uh, then suddenly all advertising good uh, disappeared both the pharmaceutical and, and various other industries they were, they were all in lockstep Oh no! When you say if I was right, at no stage during my during the, the 20, 20, 21, 22, 23, did I ever wake up in the mo- in, in in the middle of the night and think, "Oh damn, I bet on the wrong horse." Yeah. Never once. You know, when when you make any big decision in life, you're always sort of second guessing yourself. You know, whether you get married for the third time or whatever. <laughs> I don't know how many times you're married, but. Um, the, but when you get married, you, you buy a car, you buy a house, you, you, you open a business, you kind of have a few nights sweat of thinking, did I do the right yeah, thing? Is this the yeah. right thing? Never once did I think, ask myself, did I, am I doing the right thing? I was so certain. 
and I'm still so certain. And as as the information comes in, I get more certain. So if you if you can go for, if you can go from totally 100% certain up from that, I don't know where you go, but that's where I went. You know, back in I, June, happened. Back in June Sorry. of back in June of 2020. Now you can dismiss this as hearsay, and our listeners can dismiss it as hearsay. Um, but I've built a career in radio production. I, I don't tell lies. I don't make anything up. Back in June of 2020, I live within a five-minute walk door-to-door from Salford Royal Hospital. It's one of the biggest hospitals in the whole of the UK, and it's expanding. It's massive. So in June of 2020, I received an email from somebody. They were using one of those crazy accounts, Proton Mail or something, and they said, meet me at Buell Hill Park in Salford. I've got something to tell you. So I didn't share this with my listeners for a long time because it's not good journalism because you, you have to be able to prove it. So the person said to me, I'm a nurse and showed me their number, their ID and everything. And I said, what, what, what do you want to talk to me about? And the person said, um, we're not busy, Richie. There's nothing going on in our hospital and nothing has been going on through March, April and May of this year. And what was really interesting about that was around about the time that the nurse from Salford Royal said, we're just not doing anything, we're not busy. Um, and we haven't been busy, is, I don't know if you remember this, Jerry, but a number of people had stormed hospitals in the UK and filmed empty wards. And not only that... Yeah, nur- well, that was true. Yeah, and nurses. True, yeah, so and nurses. true here in Ireland as well. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? So... My, my, son, my son went into a casualty department on a Sunday morning where we normally... Having worked casualties and that, I know my way around them, but generally Sunday mornings would, you, know, you get lots of bits and pieces in. And... Uh, Saturday night, yeah. He went in and, 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 and panned around with his camera around. Now, as happened, he was put into a ward as well. He had a, a kind of something relatively serious. But um, he, he, he panned the ward. It was empty. I was told that Nace County Hospital is working at 31%. And I know for a fact that that was kind of unofficial. Somebody told me that. But the... Um, the, the Beacon Hospital that was taken over as a sort of emergency measure also claimed they were working at 30%. Like, the, 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 one of the consultants stood up at a conference I was at afterwards and said they were working at 30%. And remember that these were the people that were being, the nurses that were going in there were being clapped in. Now, you know, and, and we were getting food parcels. I, I, I got a, 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 a food parcel delivered to my, my clinic. One morning, there was, you know, just arrived in, I looked in the box, and there was food in it. Um. So, for your heroism, think about this. Think about this. One one nurse decided to be a whistleblower to you. Where were the other hundreds? Yeah. Who knew? Who knew the lie that was going on? They knew. They were doing the TikTok dancing or whatever the hell it was. Um, where were the others who who ignored that? No. Up, um, what's her name? Uh, Anne McCloskey up up in uh, Derry. Yeah. And Terrific you know, you know Anne, have you interviewed Anne? Yeah, she's been on Anne. Yeah, I was, only, I was in touch with her last week, actually. Yeah, fabulous yeah. person. She, yeah. she decided at the time to go and sort of do extra shifts in, 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 in some hospital or someplace. I'm not quite sure what the details are. Anne will tell yourself. But she was in there and they were all sitting around reading books. Nothing no, happening. it was a con and a hoax. Nothing happening. Do you know, the, the craziest thing that happened to me during that period, and this is not about me, it's about you, and I want to go to excess debts in a minute, but there's a Labour Party MP called Dr. Rosena Allen Khan. That's her name, right? She went yeah. on Sky News on Sunday morning in 2020, and I couldn't believe what she said. She, she told the presenter about how she had, she had the heartbreaking duty 
of phoning people from one of London's Nightingale hospitals, phoning people to tell them that their loved ones had passed away. Now, I nearly had a heart attack watching this and I went on the air straight away because nobody died in any Nightingale hospital in London and certainly nobody had to phone anybody's next of kin to tell them. So I decided I'd try and get this Rosanna Allen Khan to sue me for libel. So I went to town on this. I went on, I went on YouTube. I went everywhere and you called her a liar and not a peep. And not only was there not a peep from this woman, but I couldn't get a single journalist in the UK to go after her. I'm like, listen, yeah. this this is absolute bare naked lies. This did oh, not yeah, happen. This is propaganda. It. Propaganda, Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think this is this is very very true. And the reality of it is, if anybody had died in the hospitals due to with a death cert of COVID, first of all, you can never ever put COVID on a death cert unless you've done a post mortem, particularly in an elderly patient. An elderly person dies. In, in nursing home and that, you haven't an idea what they died of. And any any death certification that you write, and I've written hundreds of them, um, is on a best guess basis. You guess what they died of. And I was screaming at the Department of Health and the ICGP in 20, saying, if this virus is sufficiently bad and killing so many people, the very least we should do is have a definitive diagnosis on the cause of death. The only way you can do that is with a post-mortem. Otherwise, it's a guess. And particularly if it's a guess where you're told to actually put down COVID. No, it, it was horrendous. But as I say, if somebody did die in a hospital, they died of neglect because that's what we were doing. That's what they were doing. I didn't participate in any way in it. They told us, to, they, we didn't examine the patients. They were sent home to isolate in the rooms, terrified of coming out. A small proportion of them got a pneumonitis or a pneumonia. They were still terrified to come out. Eventually, when they got to the doctor and he he didn't even examine them, he sent them straight into hospital. They were then, on the basis that it was COVID or they did a, a PCR test, they were neglected to death. That's what they were intubated and suffocated to death or neglected to death through do not resuscitate notices being put on them. It was positively genocide. And again, like in your situation, if anybody wants to come and sue me, come ahead. If anybody wants to actually argue with me, and I've, on, on, on Twitter, I have regularly put out um, the challenge. I will challenge any doctor. I will ch- challenge any group of doctors. I will challenge any scientist, any group of scientists. To debate, come and debate and discuss this with me. You've offered money to um, the That's health right. minister, haven't you? You've offered him five grand yeah. to debate you. Yeah, and, 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 I, and I'm a struck-off GP, um, or a suspended, suspended GP. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, I would debate in any forum with any referee if they'd come and debate with me. And I've been doing that since, well, since I've been on Twitter, where I've got my, my platform, and uh, nobody takes me up. Now you get clowns coming on on Twitter. Very, very few of them now. Very, very few of them. Two years ago when I started up, um, I, I, I got the occasional doctor coming on saying I was wrong and trying to debate. They usually disappear very, very quickly. When I say to them, how many death certs have you actually signed in relation to elderly people in the community or in nursing homes? And, you know, you get a cardiologist coming on or a urologist, somebody dealing in a hospital who really haven't a clue. They haven't an idea what goes on in the community and how, how the certification method is implemented in the community. And as I say, it's a best guess method. And I actually 
postulated that the reason why young people were not dying of COVID was because uh, every young person dying has a post-mortem. So there was a definitive diagnosis of what the cause of death in a young person. But any, whereas everybody in a nursing home dying never, never has a, a post-mortem, unless you're trying to attribute blame to something. If somebody falls or post-surgery or something, you might have a post-mortem. But overall, the average elderly person dying in a, in a nursing home does not have a post-mortem. So you've no way of knowing what they died of. Follow Jerry on, Dr. Jerry Waters on Twitter. It's O-Turisk, so it's O-T-U-R-I-S-K. Follow him there. I'll put the link to the account yeah, on the yeah. podcast notes. I'll do that. Let's talk about, in the time we have left, excess death. Um, in the time we have data. left. I, I like the way you put that. I know. Well, we can go till about <laughs> we can go till about ten minutes. So we got about eleven minutes left. And thanks for your oh, time, by the way. I, I thought you were talking about my ultimate demise. Oh no, no not well. I hope not. <laughs> Nobody's ever died on the program, Jerry. Oh, I hope <laughs> well, we. There you are. It'll be that a first. Some news, wouldn't it? I tell you what. Yeah, that that give a boost to my follower numbers. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I, if I'm you wouldn't mind, if you wouldn't mind, I'm not, I'm not going to <laughs> die on your show just for your 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 rating. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's lousy. But anyway, right. There is a problem with. Um, Excess death numbers, the five-year figures Absolutely, in Ireland. Yeah, yeah, What's happening? Be, yeah. What's happening? Well, fundamentally, well, it, it 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 kind of breaks down into different um, age groups, and you know, the, the thing about it is, it's the younger age groups that are very, very frightening. It seems to be very, very definitely related to the. You're talking about excess deaths in around twenty percent, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. 20% in the age group, in various different age groups, kind of break them up into 10-year age groups. And uh, so it isn't just in the elderly, it's, it's, it's in all groups. And uh, the, the crazy and very, very, well, criminal aspect to it is the fact that they will not, absolutely will not investigate it and try to deny it. Um, they, they're, they're trying to deny the, 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 their own central statistic offices putting out the information. But by the same token, if I was complicit in a, a, a genocide or a cull of the people, I too would be trying to deny it. Yeah, and they're beginning as of today, they're giving or they're urging people over 50 to come forward and anybody who's got a child over five who they think might be um, vulnerable because of their immune system maybe being weakened to come forward and get it. Do you, do you hold out some hope that even if the media is not covering this, that it's beginning to become known in oh, the towns absolutely. and villages? Oh, yeah? absolutely. Oh, it's definitely, definitely. When I when I first came out against COVID as a pathogenic entity, um, most people and people come back to me now and say, Gee, I, I thought you were for the birds, Jerry. I really thought you'd flipped. Um, now the, nobody comes to say that to me. I, I walk every day, twice a day, and uh, meet loads and loads and loads of people. And most people would not get the vaccine again if they were asked to get it. I, I would imagine, hopefully, there would be a very, very slow, low turnout in taking the vaccine. I, I keep using the word vaccine. It was never a vaccine. It was never meant to be a vaccine. It was never meant to protect people. It was never meant to, to, to protect anybody. The, no, no, no. The, what, yeah, what, you hear people say, no, you know, you should, you, children shouldn't have got it. 92-year-olds shouldn't have got it. Nobody should have got it. It was never safe and effective. 
It was never safe in a sense that it's caused major problems and it was never, ever effective insofar as it prevented people getting the illness or prevented transmission. There's absolutely no doubt about it. But they, 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 there was no 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 positive effect to it at all. It was all negative, all all, all downhill from the minute they, they stuck the needle in you. And do you... Um... What 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 t- today? Of course, it was announced that the two people allegedly most responsible for the technology itself, the messenger RNA, Catalin or Catalin Carico and Drew Voisman, they're going to be given the Nobel Prize for Physiology and or Medicine. What do you reckon? I didn't hear that, but uh, that doesn't doesn't yeah. doesn't least bit surprise me. Given that Obama got the the, the Peace Prize, you know, After. for done anything. Dropping more bombs yeah. than George W. Bush. Well, yeah, yeah but, but you know, like he, 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 he apparently killed, you know, a factor of I, I don't know what the factor is by by the drones. Like he, he, he was ordering drones to to beat the band. Uh, most indiscriminate way of killing people, you know, to take out a, an individual, you take out his family and twenty people around him. Yeah, and he, I, I think he, he 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 he's got the prize for the most drone kills. That's right. By by a country mile. Final question, yeah. Jerry, and it's O Turisk, O T U R I S K. Whatever the outcome of this disciplinary hearing, it, oh. sound, it sounds to me like you'll be at peace with it either way, will you? Whatever happens. Even without the hearing, I, I, even without the, the, you know, the, the effect of the results of the hearing, which I can't discuss, um, I'm at peace. I'm an absolute peace. And if, if I'd done you the favours of increasing your ratings by dying on your show, um, I'd I, I die a very, very happy man. I've done, I've done as much as I possibly could over the last three years. I've fought like a tiger as hard as I could. That's all that anybody could be asked to do. That you, you, you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, oh, my Jesus, I did my best. Let's leave it there. It's a lovely place to leave it. Come back anytime you want. It's an absolute tonic to have you on. Um, you should see the comments on the website. Um, I should... wouldn't want to, Richie. Don't, don't be cruel to me. No, no, they're good, no. But uh, no, I appreciate that, Jerry. Thanks so much for your time. Lovely to have you back and, and uh, I hope you'll come back okay, on again. Okay, see you, Richie. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me on. You're very welcome. Bye for now. Dr. Jerry Waters. Jerry's on Twitter. O-Turishk. O-T-U-R-I-S-K. Had the courage to, do, to, to go with his conscience at the very beginning of all of this and he's paid a price for it, as he said, losing his practice and uh, the devaluation of the building there. But uh, he, keeps, um, he keeps smiling. He keeps moving forward, knowing, as he said to us just at the end there that he could die tomorrow knowing he did the right thing Dr. Jerry Waters live on the Richie Allen Show Monday's programme great to have him on the programme uh, so it is I'll be back to read some of your comments um, in a moment Your body's defences are under constant attack from flu respiratory diseases and the common cold Now more than ever it is essential that you have a robust immune system and as we all know vitamin D3 plays an essential role in this Immunex 365 is our unique formulation that combines effective levels of vitamins D3, C and K2, as well as zinc and quercetin. This unique combination of nutrients ensures efficient bioavailability of D3, thereby giving your immune system an optimum boost. Take back your health with just two capsules of Immunex 365 every day. For your peace of mind, all NutriHealth 365 orders come with free two-day track delivery. Go to NutriHealth 365.com to get yours now. That's NutriHealth365.com. Ask not what the BBG can do for you, but what you can do for the BBG. Support The Richie Allen Show now at RichieAllen.co.uk. 
I mentioned the Labour MP Rosena, Rosena Allen Khan. Now, I've not been allowed to upload to the YouTube channel for this programme for nearly three years now. Not that it matters. I'm not interested in it. And that YouTube channel was the second one that was created for this programme. The original YouTube channel was deleted completely by Google. In 2017, it had, as you know, it had a lot of followers. It had over 100,000. I say that not to brag about it, but it's important that people know this. You know, I hear people telling me all the time about Russell Brandon. Listen, Six years ago, we had a YouTube channel. It had over 100,000 subscribers and it was growing at six, 7,000 subscribers a month and it was deleted. Now, why am I telling you this? When Rosanna, Rosanna Allen Khan, who's a GP working in politics, well, you tell me, go figure. Why would a GP want to become an MP? Anyhow, um, I went to town on that woman when she told Sky News that she'd treated um, people in Nightingale hospitals and had worked on a switchboard contacting the families of the, sorry, contacting the bereaved after people had died. Now, I took this to be a lie when she said this a few years ago because nobody was phoning people from the Nightingale to tell them that people had died because the Nightingale hospitals were not used. And I called it out and I went after her on social media and I made a video about this and I put it on YouTube when we could upload to YouTube. Now, as I said, I've not been permitted to upload for years. Um, maybe they've lifted that. I don't know. I won't be using YouTube anytime soon. That video has been deleted. I didn't delete it. I didn't realise it because I've, I've gone to try and find it. But it has been deleted. Yet I can't find any email from Google to tell me the video where I call this Labour MP a liar, a stone-cold liar at the time. But the video is gone. Uh, that being said, it presumably will be on my podcast uh, channel where I upload my podcast, which is richieallen.podomatic.com. The podcasts go to iTunes, to Spotify and everywhere else. The propaganda was disgusting during 2020, late 2020, 2021, 2022. Horrendous. I couldn't believe she got away with that at the time. And then I thought to myself, how naive you are, Richie. You know exactly how these news channels operate. You know exactly how poor these presenters are. Nobody's going to call her out on it and say, show, can you show us some proof that you were phoning people in the Nightingale Hospital to tell them that their loved one had died? It was absolute garbage. Um, anyway, it was worse than garbage. Patricia asks, most of us who were actually paying attention are aware of the lies. The question is, when will the lawyers be held accountable? They won't be, in my opinion, and I don't say that to depress anybody. They will not be held accountable. They will not be, not by the media anyway. Um, and if the, you know, if the powers, if those controlling things have their way, the demise of the independent media is um, is imminent. Shane says my cousin worked the Nightingale Hospital in London. He told me it was end of life care. Broken down, nine nurses to one patient, which is unheard of. That's from Shane. Thank you, Shane. I understand the Nightingale Hospital in London didn't see anybody. That's my understanding of it. But, um, yeah, okay. Uh, Linda says, Richie, in September of 2021, members of my family um, came down with COVID. My brother-in-law was hospitalised. He had an oximeter reading of 55. 
He was diagnosed with COVID pneumonia. He did recover with the right treatment. I myself have never felt so ill. Couldn't seem to get enough oxygen. However, thankfully, we all recovered and we're all unjabbed, says Linda. Thank you, Linda, for that. Really appreciate that. Uh, hi to Bo, who was a courier during the entire lockdown COVID thing. We were running COVID samples and COVID tests all over the country. I can tell you the hospitals were empty. The Royal London, in the height of the first lockdown, April of 2020, had one patient on the COVID ward, alleges Bo. Thank you for that, Bo. Yeah. Let's go to the website. Let me keep an eye on the time as well while I'm at it. Let me just load up a tune there before I forget, because I, I am prone to forgetting to do that. And the time is exactly nine minutes to the top of the hour. You're listening to The Richie Allen Show. It is going to be an interesting week on the programme. Antonio says, what a man is Dr. Jerry Waters. Thank you for having him on, Richie. What courage he has. Really appreciate that. Scrolling on down. Jenny says, I've talked to people recently who said they wouldn't comply again, but I think they'll use the monetary system next time and we won't have a choice whether we comply or not. Our money will be taken from us, says Jenny. You know, Jenny, Jenny there are those who might desire that, but maybe we're, a, maybe we're a little bit further away from that than maybe you think. But your opinion is as good as mine, Jenny. I don't know. But I like to think it'll be that is a way away before they start saying to people, if you don't comply with the jabs or if you don't comply with, you know, pandemic planning or whatever it is, we will either fine you or we will put a freeze on your account. I think it's desired, Jenny, by, by some, but maybe we're further away. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right. I don't know. I do not know. Yeah, these are the times. These are the times. These are the times. Matt Letizia is on the programme tomorrow. I'm looking forward to that, chatting with with Matt. I want to get into a bit of a bit of um I want to get into cannabis oil, uh, which he's very interested in at the moment. And um pain relief and stuff like that. I want to talk to him about the last three years, but I want to get into that as well. We'll get into that tomorrow. I've also got a very interesting barrister, uh, an Irish recently called to the bar, really, really intelligent lady coming on with me tomorrow. Um, we've got Jonathan Royal on later this week, Alex Smith, the fake shake. We're going to get into all of that and we'll fit a phone in, uh, in as well. So it's going to be a pretty busy week on the programme. It's so bloody busy that I determined or I decided not to go Football watching tomorrow night, Champions League. I was all set for it, but I've decided not to because um, it's going to be bloody busy on the programme tomorrow. So so there you are. Um, thanks to... Oh, that's lovely. Really enjoyed that. That's lovely. Uh, O-Turisk, O-T-U-R-I-S-K. That's where you'll find Dr. Jerry Waters on Twitter. O-Turisk, O-T-U-R-I-S-K. David has been touched to say, how did they do it? Well, the media companies are owned by the same people that own Big Pharma. BlackRock and Vanguard, says David. Thank you, David. Jerry Waters is right. Um, now, I don't know exactly what the figure is. But pharmaceutical companies and the health industry, if you want to call it that, right, spends an inordinate amount of money with the mainstream media. And I would reckon that industry spends more money with the mainstream media than any other. So that is definitely part of how they manage to get the media to go along with this, to acquiesce and to not ask any bloody questions. We've lamented this, haven't we? Why did the media ignore 
Why did most of the media ignore the scientists, the doctors and others who said, no, don't lock down, it's crazy. Don't vaccinate during a pandemic, it's crazy. Don't use mRNA vaccines that have not um, been in trial uh, long enough for us to have any long-term safety data. Don't do that. Why did the media, 99.99% of it, ignore these people? Yes, a lot of that is down to the fact that pharmaceutical uh, companies spend massive amounts of money with the media. No doubt about that. Now, I've run out of time and nearly out of gas. Thanks again to Tony Gosling, hour1thisweek.org.uk, the Not the BCFM Politics Show every Friday at 5, and Dr. Jerry Waters live uh, on the programme today, O-Turisk, O-T-U-R-I-S-K, that's where you'll find him on Twitter. Do give him a follow on there and say hello to him on there. He'll be happy to hear from you because he's a really decent bloke. Okay, that's it for the programme. Until tomorrow at five o'clock, it's bye for me. Do look after yourselves and one another.